But I also think part of it is like, while it's uncomfortable, I also try to make myself go in uncomfortable situations because I think that when you play it safe and you only do what you know and you only go about your life doing the things that you're good at and comfortable at, then you're never then you never grow. You're listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee, exploring offline realities with online personalities. Joy Cho is a blogger, author, designer, and speaker. Her empire, Oh Joy, started as a graphic design studio and evolved into what is now a daily blog, providing lifestyle content focused on food, design, and fashion. Joy has designed collaborations with a series of brands, including Target, and has also authored three books. She and her husband, Bob, live in Los Angeles with their two daughters, and so I loved having Joy to my place to record this chat. I don't check my email between, like, the time I leave work until now, because I'm with the kids, so... Yeah, you should, you, that is good. I mean, like three hours. I haven't checked it for three hours. What am I going to do? Oh, man. I turned off all my notifications for my emails because it yeah. was just like, ding, 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 Oh, ding, no, ding. you can't. You can't have your notifications on. When I see people with the notifications, we're already addicted to this phone as it is. And if it's like all dinging in your face all day long, Mm-mm. then you can't even live your life. No way. I don't even have like the Instagram notification, like nothing. No. Nothing. The only thing I have on is text. Yes, yes, which makes sense because for me, I feel like, okay, you see it, but you don't have to get to it. It's not like a phone call where somebody calls you and you're like, what's wrong? (sighs) Who's hurt? Who's hurt? Right? When someone calls you randomly now, you think someone's hurt. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. A couple weeks ago, um, Jaden's dad called and it was really late. It was like one in the morning and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, answer it quick. Like, what's wrong? And and his dad was like, is Game of Thrones good? (laughs) We're, we're we want we want to start a new show. Should it be Game of Thrones? And I was like, Oh my gosh! Well, you made my heart rate like go way high. I Calling it too. one in the morning, he's like, Oh, sorry, sorry. So funny. Well, was he in Australia? Yeah. Okay, so he was like, yeah. in a different time zone. Yeah, but okay. it was still really funny. We'll forgive like, him for oh, that. Geez. But <laughs> uh, anyway, so all right, so tell me about tell me about you. You've been you've been on the scene for a long time. I have. Yeah. I'm like a grandma on the scene. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about social media, not about any other scene. I'm not <laughs> I'm not on any other scene. But you've lived in LA for a while. You've and you must get invited to like a bajillion events and you must get invited to like the number of things that are happening all the time. So tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who is a quote unquote blogger, influencer, that word that everybody hates, but mm-hmm. it's like the only way to describe part of what I do, um, there are certainly events that you get invited to. It's people who are launching products or new services or new businesses. And I'm completely honored and flattered to be invited to events. And it's one of those things where, of course, as somebody who is not only a normal person, but also a mom and I have my kids schedule to think about, my family schedule to think about, I can't say yes to everything. And I think that we all know that in our lives in general, you cannot say yes to everything. But especially with events, especially after I had kids, I really cut down on the number of things I said yes to. And for me, it's really about, is this going to impede on my family time? 
Is this going to impede on my work time? What is it impeding on? Or is it not? So I really mostly only go to things when, number one, it's a close friend or somebody that I really care about supporting what they're doing um, or an event that I just think is really cool or I would have fun at. But it usually has to be at a time that does not get in the way of my family time. Um, so that's pretty much number one, whether it's um, – something that's super fun, more party, or something that's a little bit more business-oriented, first and foremost, is it going to be during my kid time? So typically when I say yes, it's after my kids have gone to bed. They go to bed at 7. I leave my house at 7. I can do anything for the rest of the night as long as I've gotten my other work done and as long as I have someone to stay home with my kids <laughs> while they sleep. Um, however, you know, I think that people would be shocked to hear this, but I'm kind of – like I'm not the most social person, which I think is surprising because I have this – I'm online and I'm totally – that's me in terms of my personality and I am I am the same person that you see, but I also am really nervous about going to parties when I don't know anybody. Like my f- biggest fear and has always been one of my biggest fears is just showing up and not knowing anyone and those – those networking events that I think people who work in big corporate culture go to, where you're like passing around business cards. Hey, I'm this person. Hi, how do you do? How can I help you out? That kind of stuff just makes me like, ah. and not that I go to a lot of those because most of the events I go to, I know somebody or I come with somebody that I know. So that gives me a little bit of comfort. But I really think it stems from the fact that I was a super shy kid. I mean, when I was little, I would barely look at adults in the eye. I was scared of men for multiple years of my life, which my mom was probably like thrilled about. (laughs) Um, And I mean, I would even up through my probably my first job, I hated answering the phone. I hated talking on the phone. If I had to call someone on the phone, I got so nervous. Even my boyfriend who's now my husband you know when you had to call on a landline to talk to your boyfriend and I'd have to call and then wait for his like parents to answer and then ask for him it would give me so much anxiety and so it really took me a long time to feel comfortable talking in front of crowds talking on the phone doing something like showing up to a party I mean I'm much better at it now and I don't think that it shows when I go like last week I went to an event completely by myself, which I rarely ever do, but it took me, I mean, I'm 38 years old, so it's taken me 38 years to feel comfortable doing it, and I still don't 100% love it. There are some people who can go to a party and just chat with everybody. My husband's that way. He can go to a party with strangers and be best friends with like 10 people, and I'm just like, no, I'm just like, oh my gosh. So when you were little, was that ever something – that you think were your parents ever like, honey, go say hi, go, go meet your friend. Or were they just like, it's fine. No, I think they were like, it's fine. And I think that, you know, I, I think it just, they never really were forcing me to be social because I think that part of it comes from, they weren't the most social butterflies Mm -hmm. either. Mm. And so I don't think they expected me to be all chat, chat, chatty. Yeah. Is that, does that go beyond, would you say what your tendency that you're talking about? It, does that go beyond just being introverted? Like you're saying you don't really like to be social, which is totally fair enough. And some people would say, oh, that's just you're in, you're introverted. But then you also use the word anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, is it like social anxiety or is it like just introverted? I think that's why I wouldn't call myself introverted now. I certainly was as a kid. But also there's this part of being Asian American and growing up with immigrant parents where 
at least in my experience, there's a lot of like, um, like I'm not one of those people who goes around and like, what's the word? Humble brags. I mean, you kind of have to do it on social media for your work, Mm -hmm. but I'm not one of those people who's good at just like talking about myself if I don't think that people care. Um, which is ironic because you have me on a podcast talking about myself, right? (laughs) Um, but I guess to explain that better, it's sort of like if I were to go to an event or a party where it's completely not my field, let's say I go to one of my husband's work parties where it's so far removed from what I do that I don't feel like people really care. So if they say, oh, what do you do? I feel like they're just making small talk. And so I answer it very short and sweet and I don't get into the details of it. But then people want to know more. Oh, you're a designer? What kind of designer? Oh, where do you sell your stuff? And like they keep going. So I'm like, oh, I guess they are interested. Whereas other people who are better at this than I am would probably say, oh, I'm a designer. I do this. I have this kind of a company. Like they would expand upon it to give that person enough information. So I think it's it's partially that I was always taught, not taught to not talk to people, but I was also just like, don't bother people too much with, you know, what what you're doing. Just like go about your thing. Don't be too chatty. Don't dominate the conversation. I was just always like very shy and to myself in that way because I just didn't want to be the person who dominated conversations yeah so that's it's almost like a cultural thing that it was it was less like I'm gonna go out and make sure everyone knows what I'm doing and go around and talk to everyone and it was it was more just like almost like you learn to just focus on yourself like focus on what you're doing not telling everyone about it. yes it was almost it was it was a very much like um an anti-brag it was like I was always taught to not brag about things. Mm. So it's very hard for me now when I know I have to share my accomplishments because people want to know about that. It's hard for me to put a picture of myself and be like, oh, yeah, I did this. Like, I'm proud of myself, but I'm like also like it's it's just it's just a weird thing. But I have I have gotten better at it and I've gotten better. And I think the thing is, too, that I don't celebrate my successes Mm. as much as I think that I want to or that I should. Something happens and all of my friends are like, oh, my God, let's go out and have dinner and let's celebrate. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you think we need to celebrate that? And and I think part of it is that I have so many things that I want to do that once I do something, I check it off my list. I'm like, okay, what's next? And I don't let myself marinate in it and I don't let myself be proud of myself for it Mm. really so thank goodness I have people around me who love me and support me and will do that celebration for me even if it's just verbally and you know through excitement but I I for sure relate to that the whole like all right done move on yeah what like what what why would I stop and celebrate that but I also think what you were saying about um about people asking like what do you do that is something, um, being married to Jaden, who's Australian, um, I get kind of all of his perspectives and his feedback on living here because he's only lived here for 10 years. And so he, it really freaked him out when he moved here how much people talk about what they do because that is apparently a very American thing, huh. um, which I was just like, what do you mean? What else is there to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, that's the opening, the that's open the liner. Opening question. Yes. Even if someone's like dating someone new, it's like, oh, what does he do? Or what does she do? It's just like, that's what. And it, it's so interesting to be with someone like Jaden who kind of like, he makes me pull apart these ideas that I have that are just like, oh, that's normal. 
Um, but when he will comment on them, suddenly I'm like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, wow. I didn't even know that something else was possible. So um, he, and for him, he's like, America is so focused on career and kind of labels specifically um, and kind of where that puts you in kind of the hierarchy of society. Whereas Australia is more, he will say like, they're just survivors because they got sent there to die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so they're all just like, what's he like? Like if, if huh. you say, oh, I'm dating someone new, it'll be like, oh, where'd you meet? Or what's he like? Or, you know, that kind of thing. Or like, what do you guys do when you're together? Those sorts of questions. Um, and what what does he do comes out way later. It's not one of the first things that you ask. And in the same way, when you meet someone new, you rarely ask right off the bat, what do you do? Um, so I think that that's a really interesting thing that you, that even when it comes to you and and what we're saying about like, celebrating our accomplishments and that being such a thing that it's like as Americans you're expected to do that or that that's what is is normal um but is that something with your growing with your culture growing up was that something that you guys talked about something else like uh, with your parents or with your parents friends I can't think of the fact I don't think in my case it was that we talked about something else which I find very interesting by the way what you just said, because I don't think I've ever asked somebody, oh, what's he like or what's she like, which I'm going to just start doing now. Yeah. Because that's so fascinating to me. I mean, if like if my little brother or something was dating a new girl, I would totally ask about her personality. But then I probably would quickly follow with what she does for work. Uh-huh. You know, so. It's so interesting. And once you're aware of it, now you'll you'll catch you'll catch other people saying that like all the time. Yeah. Um, now that you've now that you have that in your brain, you'll be like, oh, wow. Yep. Totally yeah. Everyone, that's the first question. <laughs> that, yeah, that, my mind is blown right now. Um, no, I don't think it was necessarily about uh, focusing on personality over career. It was more just, I think it was just a, a matter of that my my uh, my parents were more reserved and they were more private. I think privacy has to do with it too. Mm. And so it was more just about, we don't need to share every single little bit with with everybody else type of a thing. Mm. So I think part of it is culturally, part of it is maybe like our particular family's personality and situation. And so, but for me, I think that it's it's not anything that uh, I have to complain about. It's really just so fascinating to me that I used to be so reserved. I mm. mean, really like mortified of speaking to people and everything, but I... Part of the thing that got me out of my shell is I started doing karate when I was like 11. Oh, cool. And then I eventually became a black belt and then I taught karate. And so like that completely changed my life, which is just one of those things. I'm like, send your kids to karate because <laughs> they're going to learn how to like kick butt, but it's so much more than that. Mm. Um so that really propelled me into stuff. But I think that if it weren't for that, I don't know. I'd probably be like hiding under a rock somewhere, not wanting to talk to anybody. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so so when you do public speaking for like massive audiences, do you get nervous? No, not anymore. I mean, there's a little bit, and I'm sure you have felt this way when you've done it too, but I get it like a little, little flutter. Mm -hmm. But I've done enough of it at this point. Mm -hmm. And as long as I know what I'm talking about, and it's it's typically all hovering around roughly the same topic, that I feel fine with it. So, I mean, for sure, I've come a long way. 
Yeah. So I, th- I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that makes me realize that you never have to worry. Like as I raise my kids and stuff and they have certain personality traits and some of them are great and some of them are like, oh, where did that come from? Stuff can change. Like you can, it's like nothing is set in stone. I just think that I would have never thought as a kid that I would end up being much more outgoing. Absolutely. You would just wouldn't. Yeah. And doing dancing on your Instagram. Yeah. Like who would have thought I'd do that? That's crazy. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Who would have thought? Do your parents follow you on social media? My mom does. My dad's not really on social media. My mom does. And she comments on my Instagram and my Facebook and everything. It's it's very cute. She she loves watching it. Does she make comments on how much you you've changed since you were a kid? Um we've probably talked about it like just personally between us, not as on social media type of a thing, but yeah, I mean we just talk about it all the time, I think, cuz I mom was like, "Mom, can you do you remember how shy I used to be? Like I I would literally have my face buried in my mom's like lap or chest or whatever when we were out in public. Oh, I love that. That's so amazing. Do you, are either of your girls like that? Not really. I mean, I think because they have, like my husband is like, well, you know, Bob, he's like (laughs) very extroverted, highly extroverted. So I think the genetic mix there helps to bring, make my kids a little bit more outgoing. Of course, they have shy moments. Every kid does. Like when you, they see somebody for the first time, they don't want to talk. And then five minutes later, they're like, they won't stop talking to you. So cute. Um, so going back to what you were saying with events, and now that now that you have kids, that's kind of like a nice filter. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an easy, sometimes I wonder if some people that have kids use that as an excuse to not go to things. Oh, I will totally. <laughs> yes. I mean... It's never, it's never a lie. Like I don't lie about it. But the thing is, it's like if something's super important to me and I need to invest time with my kids, I'll get childcare. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be super important, mm-hmm. really, because the time that I have on a, on a work day, from the time I end work to the time they go to bed is like three hours that I get with them concentrated in that in the evening time. And it's so meaningful. And while it's so hectic and so crazy, you're trying to do a million things and jam it all in there. I'm like, don't take away from those three hours. And you got to be, I got to really love you to take away from those three hours. That's fair. That's <laughs> totally fair. Before you had kids and you were still trying to decide what events to go to and what not to, because you were saying you, you didn't even really love them that much back then. How would you decide and how is that different? Like how have your priorities changed with what you'll go to and what you won't? I mean, really, that's the main thing with once you have kids is that you prioritize better because you have less time and you have a less you have less of an ability to distribute your time to as many things. I used to work out five times a week. I don't do that anymore because I'm spending the time that I used to work out with my kids and it's fine. I'm n- not in this great shape, but I don't really care. Um, so prior, I mean, it's hard to say because I wasn't living in LA before I had kids. I was uh, in New York right out of college and then I was in Philly and then I was in San Diego. And so really my personal life and my business life really took off 
and has been strongest since moving to LA. That might be because the city, it might be because of the friendships I've made, it might be because of where my business was at that point, and that's most recently. So I can't really compare it because it's not like I've been in LA, I've only been in LA for seven years, so it's not like it's been so long and I had like a bustling social life here before. Um, it really just all in the last seven years has has grown and become the state that it is in right now. Well, and I have to wonder if other cities have half as much. I mean, New York, yeah, maybe, but like LA is just... It's just booming. I mean, it's... But you know what, though? I really feel like so lucky to be living in a city where I feel like I have so many friends and acquaintances that are doing amazing things. And I say this all the time, but without other people who are my friends who own businesses that I, whether I see them all the time or I get to see them at events or just chat on the phone or on social media, that to me is all the difference. And I'm sure you feel the same way because we are, we exist in like a similar world and we overlap in that world where 98% of my friends are business owners. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. And that's just who I, who I, who understand, the people who understand me, they get it. They get the hustle. They get how real it is, how hard it is and all of that. And every, everybody works hard in their own way, but there is something about having a business that is just a world of its own that you need those people to connect with. So they know what it's like. For sure. And when you are a self-employed, you know, small business owner. Sometimes I think I can feel like an island if I'm just sitting in my office all day, every day, editing and writing emails and blogging and Instagramming, and it can be like all alone. And so sometimes those events are nice, kind of like if I happen to work in an office space, <laughs> this is what it would be like to have coworkers. coworkers. <laughs> exactly. I agree. It's the closest thing. I mean, I, act, I do have coworkers in my office who work for for Ojoy, but if I had a bigger office or if I worked at a huge company or whatever it was, it, it is, I agree, it's the most similar thing that I can say to coworkers as mm-hmm. you could get. Mm-hmm. For sure. When you don't when you don't have a huge company. It's still weird though. And and yet I love I love it. Like I do sometimes try to imagine myself like um, living in another city and sometimes we'll say like, oh, maybe we'll go live in Europe for a year or maybe we'll go back to Australia. And there's a part of me that the first thing I think is like, oh, man, there's so much happening here. And I would be so sad because I am so grateful for it. And I find it so inspiring to be surrounded by so much creative energy all the time. Like, I agree. Whether or not I go to every event I get invited to, whether or not, you know, whatever it whatever it is that's happening I might not be involved in it but just knowing it's here and seeing it and seeing my colleagues be a part of it is just something that keeps my brain like going all the time with new ideas and just like excitement for other people so maybe we need to start a uh celebrate our friend who just succeeded at something because we're apparently we're bad at, at celebrating ourselves yeah seriously <laughs> yeah just being like okay now we're all gonna get together and celebrate you because you're not going to celebrate yourself. Well, you know what I find is that my friends who own businesses are similarly where we are we don't stop to like soak it in, celebrate it, do that whole thing. Um, whereas it's my friends who don't aren't business owners who either have stay at home or stay at home moms or they 
have a normal nine to five, they're like, oh my God, you did this. That's so great. You know? And you're like, oh, thanks. Like you just forget (laughs) until somebody like says that to you. Uh And I mean, it feels so good. And I think that's the thing is that's why it is great to have people who aren't necessarily doing this thing too because they they align you. We're going to co-host an acknowledgement dinner. Yes. <laughs> we're going to go to – we're going to get in an event space. We're going to invite all of our friends. Do you have friends. an event space? I have do. you heard of I an- do have an event space. <laughs> we'll have it at Light Lab. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll buy some champagne and we'll invite our friends and we'll all go around and tell each other what we're proud of them for yes. the they did. Okay. So maybe that should be a thing that people just also should do because not everybody listening to this is going to have a business, right? Right. So wouldn't it be cool if people just did that and they got together with their friends and they just said something that they were proud of themselves for doing? I mean, it sounds like a little bit like therapy in a good way. I mean, Uh therapy is always a good thing, but it sounds like it in a very like positive flow energy Mm -hmm. kind of thing where let's just let's just humble brag for a minute, but in a good way and make us feel good about what we've done. I think it sounds amazing. I love it. I think we're I think we're onto something. I think we should. We can we can make it like a, a movement. Start a hashtag. Yeah. Everybody has to get carnations for their centerpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It just was the first thing that came to my mind. But I think I think we're onto something. Yes. Because um, definitely people need to be celebrated, and especially if you're just busting your ass all day every day. <sighs> There needs to just be a moment to even just take a deep breath in and and stop and look how far you've come. Like that's one thing that I think about sometimes when I'm hustling and going all day every day. Um, you know, it's like way after hours and we're recording a podcast. So even even us right now still going. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's one of those things that the the times that I stop to really think about how my life is cool are actually when I think about like where I've come from less what I'm doing right now if that makes sense like rather than being like oh my gosh I launched a podcast I am awesome Mm -hmm. like I've never done that but I have gone wow um if I try to imagine myself at 18 like if I try to imagine myself now doing all the things that I'm doing and living in Los Angeles and traveling the world and whatever else, I would be like, whoa, that is so cool. How hard do I have to work to get there? Mm-hmm. Because that would be like my wildest dream. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, I think that's part of it too, is that if we're trying to acknowledge what we've done and to feel proud about what we've done, it's all about where you started, right? Because I think we that- from the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's the thing is because when you get a chance, when I get a chance to speak to other people, other business owners, part of my story starts from the beginning. And so I, it reminds me and it refreshes me. And sometimes if I don't give a talk for a few months, I like forget. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I started my company 12 years ago. Mm. This is, did not happen overnight. It took a really long time. And then you're like, oh, man, I remember when I was doing this and it was like me all by myself all these crazy things and then you get your mom to help you like there's like things where you're like whoa I mean yeah absolutely like I worked at Starbucks for three and a half years to get insurance and I was I was opening so that I could be done with work by 11 a.m. to do shoots and edit and blog and like absolutely totally I, I get it it's it's not a glamorous you know road to to where we are and yet 
we never actually stop to be like, damn. Yeah. Cool. Totally. So I, I read a, um, a tweet, I think it was Adrian Brody, maybe Mm -hmm. he tweeted and he said something about like, my dad always told me that it takes 15 years to become an overnight success. And for me, it took 17 and a half (laughs) or something like that. That's so good. I was like, I think that's the best thing I've ever read. Absolutely. I love that because, you know, like, um, this year my company turned 12, but around 10 years, I did this huge recap on my blog of the last 10 years and every year and just tried to summarize it up because, you know, some people have not been along for that whole time. Mm. And so, so many people were like, oh my gosh, I love seeing the fact, well, they were like humbled by the fact that it took that long because I think that because of social media and social media, especially something like Instagram is still relatively new that you just see things and you think it happens so fast for everybody and you think it's overnight you think that people just get offered these deals left and right and it's like raining money and I'm like dude I mean what's the opposite of raining money it's when you're like <laughs> even when you have success sometimes you can't pay the bills yeah it's, it's like it's when not you're about like money right away looking under your couch cushions for change and stuff I mean we all did that I mean as business owners you're like oh my gosh am I gonna be able to pay my rent this month and all kinds of stuff so to be able to be at whatever level you are at is is great and yeah I tell I tell my brother all the time um, that well actually we it, it's now just a conversation we have together because um, we work a lot together in LA and we'll be on sets and um, you know he's an incredibly talented person but we'll always talk about how he you know he wants to be a director and um, and so sometimes we'll we'll you know make jokes about like who's going to get an Oscar first and like mm-hmm. we have this banter that goes back and forth and and then when we're getting really serious we'll be like well you know that it's it's a matter of like how hard and how long you're willing to work at it because so many of the people that accept Oscars are you know 60 70 80 like they're not just oh I just walked up on stage right out of college to accept this award yeah you know it is like lifetime achievement awards because they never quit mm-hmm. and they didn't give up and um so that's something that we talk about all the time even now with um with being he's only freaking 25 years oh old. oh my gosh maybe he, he moved out here when he was still a teenager because he already knew what he wanted to do Um, And he's been so dedicated and so focused. And I love watching him do that. And I know that he's going to stick with it and he will have the success he wants because he's not expecting overnight success. But I think that especially younger generation, the the younger generation, I think maybe with social media, it is is something that's influenced expectations. But it definitely just seems like there's just sort of this like entitlement to like, well, I didn't, what happened? No one discovered me, so I guess I'm going to go. And I'm like, you were here for like 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, years ago, I used to do a lot of consulting um, for small businesses, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I just didn't have as much time once I had uh, my kids to do it. But I remember there was this one consultation that I was giving with somebody who wanted to start a blog. And (laughs) How many of those did you give? Yeah, a ton. But this one specifically – Every, I always walk away feeling so great and like I've really helped people, but this one per- person in particular, her main thing was how, how quickly can I make money? How quickly can I make money and what do I do to make the most amount of money right away? 
And I was like, okay, granted, I want to make money too and I want to pay my bills and support my family. But I was like, girl, that is not the way to look at it. And I think that's the problem is that with social media, we all know it's all the best of the best. You're only showing the best stuff. Nobody's showing the crappy stuff. And I think that by now everybody understands like the highlight reel of what social media is. But you... But also, the, everybody who got to a certain place and has such an authentic voice and whatever they're doing, they started just doing it. Like, most people just started doing it for no reason on the side, side hustle stuff, just for fun kind of thing. And then once you realize that you have something that people are interested in, then it grows and it grows and it grows. But if you go in something like blogging purely for the money, you're not going to make any money. Um, there are other jobs you can go in for the money, for sure, but not that. <laughs> Not that, because if you're thinking about money first, then you're going to lose like the part that actually gets you to be successful and have a voice that people like. Retweet for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That one's a doozy. I think that um, I was talking to some of the Bando girls and they were saying Mm -hmm. the ones that have been around for a really long time. And they were saying that they've really had a fascinating experience of hiring different people who kind of come and go. And there's there's sort of this understanding of like, well, I, I'm a part of like this cool company, so I can kind of do whatever I want because you guys do whatever you want. And they're like, um, like no, we we've don't. been here for like years yeah. and we work weekends and we work from like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and like... No. Yeah. You can't, you can't just waltz in and take stuff. Yeah. Like, that doesn't that doesn't work. That just doesn't – it's not how life is. Well, and I think also sometimes when you – because of social media, people are only seeing the fun stuff. You know, like I take my team on a bunch of field trips and I'm always trying to make sure that they're inspired and we get away from our desks. And that's not every day by any means. But you, when you see us doing that, you're like, do they ever get any work done? And people have asked me, they're like, when are you guys working? I was like, I promise you we're working. (laughs) Clearly we're working because stuff is happening and we're growing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, but nobody wants to see me checking my email on a million conference calls and like trying to negotiate contracts. Nobody wants to see that part. (laughs) No. And yet it's so fascinating that that isn't something that kind of gets into consciousness that like that's happening whether you're seeing it or not it's happening yeah you know and like even in your private life like there are things that you're not showing in your social media stories and yet for some reason it might just be like oh but her life is perfect oh totally people people ask me if my kids are ever misbehaved and I'm like of course they're misbehaved I mean I think that everybody knows they I think that everybody knows but because you you, I only show them when they're happy because you know what? For me too, with my kids, like I really try to protect how much I show of them, number one. But for me to show them having a meltdown or something like that, I don't think that's respectful of them. It's not fair for them to, for me to show that. I want to show, share the joy of our lives and share the moments that are inspiring to other people and all of that stuff. So I certainly talk about the fact that my kids aren't perfect and I will talk about meltdowns and stuff, but I don't need to show that to people. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
Uh, next time Jaden and I have a fight, I'll just like Snapchat you. Snap, Snapchat <laughs> you. <laughs> Who Snapchats anymore? <laughs> Actually, I was one of the one of the girls that I um, interviewed. She her like main following is on Snapchat. I think that Snapchat is still rele- very relevant with people who have a following of a certain demographic, mm-hmm. like a slightly younger demographic than mm-hmm. we probably have. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still. Mm-hmm. From what I hear from the from the kids, from the kids these days, yes, I'm loving those those Snapchats, <laughs> those tweets. <laughs> Actually, I love Twitter again. Do you? I I, I saw that you do love Twitter again. I remember reading on your Facebook or something. <laughs> I don't. I don't love Twitter again, but I also think that I. Yeah, maybe I don't use it correctly anymore. Eh, what is correct? Yeah. Anyway, just going back to the original topic of events and having social anxiety or stress is there anything that you do now before you go to an event to kind of ground yourself yeah I mean if I'm going to something that I'm extra nervous about and this is I'm only nervous if I don't think I'm gonna know people or know anybody or I have to talk to complete strangers um I usually try to give myself a time period of like how long I should or could or need to be there so that it's not like it has to be the entire night. Um, but I also think part of it is like, while it's uncomfortable, I also try to make myself go in uncomfortable situations because I think that when you play it safe and you only do what you know and you only go about your life doing the things that you're good at and comfortable at, then you're never, then you never grow. Right? So it would be really easy for me to just stay home and not go out and not face the slight anxiety, social anxiety that I have when I go to these things. But then I'm never going to – I'm going to miss out on the chance to meet cool people who could really – I could learn from, who could benefit my mental psyche in some way. Um, also, I'm just not one of those people who wants to – like I don't want to teach my kids to run away from the things that they're scared of. And I think that's a big thing about confronting your fears or confronting things that you're not good at or things that make you uncomfortable is before I had kids, if I wanted to run away from it, nobody would keep me accountable. I mean, maybe my husband would. But when you have a tiny person who is watching you and not that my kids need to know if I went to something or not because of whatever I was concerned about. But they at some point will see you avoid a situation because you're uncomfortable with it or you're scared about it. What what kind of like role model am I then if I'm showing them that I'm not confronting something? So that's that too. Like there are a bunch of things in the, my near future career-wise and personal-wise and a ton of things that I'm starting on that I'm completely like scared about. But I make myself do it because otherwise then – we're not going to become bigger and better people than what we are right now. Mm. So that's a part, that's like a little nugget of part of like an overall mindset that I'm trying to do with my life. Mm. I think that's interesting. Um, it makes me think of I, uh, this book that I just finished. Um, it's called Reclaiming Conversation. Mm. And it's probably one of the best books I've ever read, but definitely on the terrifying spectrum because. Um, it's all about the effects of social media on culture and conversation in society. And um, the author keeps t- coming back to this concept of um, 
humans have to be in a conversation for like seven minutes before they can figure out if it can actually go anywhere. Hmm. And because of social media, now at an event, if you go start talking to someone and it's boring in like the first like 30 to 45 seconds, then you just sort of do the whole like check the phone and then like, oh, oh. And then suddenly you're just like just a minute and then you're texting and then the conversation's over without really giving it a chance to dive in to see where it can go. Um, And the whole idea is that, you know, we're, as a society, we're missing out on even exploring to see what's possible between a relationship with two people because we don't even give them seven minutes. And it's super, like, there's a part of me that goes, like, that makes total sense. And then there's a part of me that's like, whoa, seven minutes sounds so long. (laughs) Just to my brain, as someone who has been so influenced by social media and how everything is happening so fast and like, you know, even movies and and online video content is usually like maxed out at, you know, 65 seconds or 85 seconds at the very most. And so the idea of literally talking to a stranger for seven minutes and seeing if we go anywhere, that to me, I'm just like, that is so long. Well, that's like, remember they had that eight minute speed dating thing? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure they still have that, but I guess I always thought that was so fast, but I guess according to this, that's enough time to get to know someone. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a really interesting book. Um, and, and for, I mean, it's lots of hours. So I listened to the audio version cause it, you know, LA traffic, Yes, but, um, but it's so fascinating just to, to consider all the different ways that our conversation has changed because of that and how, you know, a lot of times, like you were saying, going into a space where you don't know anyone, there's this kind of idea of like, well, at least I have my phone. So if I walk in and no one's there that I know, then I can just stand here and be on my phone and no one will think that I'm like lame. That's because true. I'm just here on my phone. And I'm like, yep, totally done that. Like yep. how many times have I walked in, walked around, looked at it, everyone gone, mm, scan the room, don't see anyone. Okay, well, I'll get my phone out and see if anybody's like coming that I know or, you know what I mean? It's, totally. It's so, it's crazy. But what that makes us do is it prevents us from then going and trying to start a conversation with somebody because we had the scapegoat of our phone to uh-huh. go so, to. It's so weird. It's the weirdest. Uh, and and the whole, it, am I really willing to try seven minutes with someone? But then they would also have to be willing to try seven yes. minutes. Yes. Like, no wonder that doesn't happen that often. It doesn't. Finding no, it two doesn't. people both willing to give seven minutes. Yeah. Well, I think that, like, you know if you're connecting within a lesser amount of time, usually at this point, mm-hmm. that you might make it to seven minutes if you're connecting. True. But, yeah, like you said, it might feel a lot sooner. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. And it makes me think about how long I've lived here um, and the people that I am friends with and how I've actually known them for a really long time. And then it makes me think about how many new people am I meeting and am I, and am I making like an effort to meet new people or am I just like knowing my people and just going back to the same people every time I'm at a, an event or like if I'm at a dinner, do I go sit with the same people every time or is there anything in me that's meeting new friends and trying to kind of like meet new people in a city as big as LA. I just want to make sure that I do that. True. I agree. I mean, I think there's also something that comes with when you get to a certain age, you almost have developed a a core set of friends and it doesn't mean that you don't want to meet new people or that you, your life can't be fulfilled with more people, but it's also about time. It's like quality Mm -hmm. over quantity. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've, 
certainly been just like, I need to really focus on the friends that I have and nurturing those friendships. So it's hard because I'll certainly meet new people all the time that I want to foster stronger relationships with or people who I feel like are, we're friends, but we're like light friends, like friends light where (laughs) I call you my friend, but I never get to see you or we haven't fostered it to make it deeper. And I would like to, but it's like just finding the windows of time to commit to it because that's like, that's something for me that I'm really focusing on in the next, that I'm trying to focus on now, but also through the next year is like really giving attention and time to the friendships that are really important to me because it's so easy to just let it, let things slip away, especially when you have children and you have business and you have all these extra things. You're like, oh, where does that fit in? But you're busy. Yeah. But making it fit in is important. Yeah. Do you find that you tend to hang out only with friends that have kids that are friends with your kids? No. um, I do. First and foremost, I find that my friendships are business owner people, men, women, whichever. Um, Secondarily, if they have kids, that's a connection that we have as like business owner and parents. But it's definitely not the kids don't have to be the same age. That's actually really hard to find because most of my friends are either um, had kids before me, like way before me, or they're just having kids now, or like there's, it doesn't really pan out. The, we do have, I do have friends whose um, kids are the same age, but we've met through the kids versus meeting through being a business owner. So it's just like, there's no one person who falls into every single category. I think that everybody kind of becomes a friend and we have a connection point or multiple connection points for different reasons. That's cool. I like it. Um, I like it. I love all that. And I think that it's a good, it's a good reminder. Even I think for me, sometimes feeling like is anyone else that's walking into this event feeling anxiety? It's good to just verbalize it. Like, yep. Yeah. I am. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, do you feel that way? I feel like you don't. I feel like you're more. I do. I do for sure. Especially like you said, if I don't know anyone, I definitely will. Um, But like some of my other friends and, you know, even business partners um, have incredibly high levels of anxiety when they're going to events. So I think just verbalizing it and being like, it's normal. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And I, 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 I like telling people about that about me just because they wouldn't expect it. Mm -hmm. Um, because people think I'm so extroverted. Well, and I think it's just good to be like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Like, oh, someone I look up to that's inspiring and successful and loving and a positive energy in the world also goes through this. So I'm not alone. Yeah, completely. And that's the whole that's the whole point of this is to be like, hey, you're you're We're all in this together. Yes, exactly. We are all in this together. (laughs) Stick around for part two of this discussion to hear a Q&A with Joy about her social media practices. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya? 